The Stanford Children's Health Pediatric Thyroid Center, one of the very few children's thyroid centers in the nation, is focused on the treatment of children with thyroid conditions, including thyroid nodules and thyroid cancers. And joining me today to discuss the rise in thyroid problems in children, the latest research and data, and current and future treatment options is Dr. Kara Meister. She's a pediatric head and neck surgeon at Stanford Children's Health in the Children's Thyroid Center. This is Pete's Talks from Stanford Children's Health. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Meister, it's so great to speak with you. I know thyroid problems seem to be increasing in children and teens. Is that true or is that just bad data? So is it bad data? Is it true? We don't know. It's the million dollar question. So it does seem that starting in the mid 2000s, there has been a real increase in the incidence of uh, thyroid cancer, particularly in our Hispanic teenage female population. Now, a lot of that data is based on the SEER database, and California, uh, which is where I am located, is a mandatory reporting state. And so it's possible that it's biased uh, data because we make up 60% of the SEER database for this population. But multiple sources, it does seem that there is an increase in papillary thyroid cancer, especially in our young Hispanic females. That's interesting, doctor. What were some of the most important publications in pediatric thyroid research over the past year? There have been a few since uh, really the inaugural paper that we should know about. And it's not the past year, it's old now, which is 2015. But there's a new version on the horizon, which is the inaugural American Thyroid Association guidelines for management of nodules in cancer in pediatric patients. Since that publication in 2015, there's really been an explosion of literature in pediatric thyroidology. About a year and a half ago, our team at Stanford Children's Health published the increased incidence data, and that was backed up by um, a similar study in Korea with similar findings of increased incidence. We're really just starting to understand what the horizon is for pediatric thyroid cancer. And in doing that, people have started to look at the genetics of these children. And we see um, genetic mutations that are different in children than adults, which I hope will give us some insight as to what we see clinically. Yeah, it sounds like there is reason to be hopeful. And how have these new developments changed your approach to patient care? Or maybe they haven't, but assuming that they have, how have they? We really are taking a multidisciplinary approach. So every child that um, is treated in our center meets with uh, pediatric endocrinology, our surgical teams, pediatric nuclear medicine. We're trying to understand what the role for radioactive iodine is in both children with malignancy and hyperthyroidism. They also all get to meet with a genetic counselor because increasingly we see that genetics plays a role even in benign thyroid disease. So that's how it's really changed my practice is to making sure that children are offered that opportunity for families to meet with genetic counselor and also a true multidisciplinary approach. On the other side of things, there have been some really great innovations in clinical care. So we're doing things now that had not been done five years ago. Some of those are radiofrequency ablation of nodules, which is new to pediatric care, as well as 
scarless thyroid surgery, which is uh, also new and likely has a place here for our adult population, uh, as well as our adolescent and more mature child population. It's really fascinating. And, you know, understanding the role of genetics, as you've mentioned here, is such a hot topic in so many areas of pediatric medicine. So what's the current conversation around genetics, thyroid problems in children? I think you've touched on it a little bit, but maybe we can touch on a few more. So the most important thing that we're trying to understand right now is how do the genetics influence clinical care and outcomes? So children do really well from thyroid cancer, which is fantastic. The 10 and 20 year survival rates are over 95 to 98%. So our goal is really to keep that excellent survival, but decrease side effects of treatment. So we're trying to understand, do different mutations require more extensive surgery? Do they respond better to radioactive iodine? Can we save children from targeted chemotherapy? What can we learn about the genetics that will influence us to be minimalist? How can we be as minimalist as possible, save a child's side effects of treatment, which hopefully they're going to live with for years and years to come. And can we learn about genetics in that context? So we see some early publications that certain gene fusion mutations may have a more aggressive course. For example, if we do a more extensive surgery in children with fusion mutations, that may obviate the need for radioactive iodine. Those are the types of questions that we're looking at really in a multidisciplinary tertiary center. Yeah, and as you've discussed here today, there's plenty of reason for optimism about the future. So as we wrap up here, what's on the horizon? Like, what's good? What's next? I think there are a lot of really exciting things going on in pediatric thyroid care. I touched on radiofrequency ablation. That is definitely going to be here to stay. The role for pediatrics is evolving. But essentially, this is a non-surgical or minimally invasive procedure where we use a radiofrequency wand to ablate nodules. In kids, I want to see two benign FNAs, so very low chance of cancer to no chance of cancer in this nodule, and it needs to be in a certain location within the gland. But this is a great way to do organ preservation. Previously, if a kid had a nodule over a centimeter, we were requiring every six months to every 12-month ultrasound. But the goal of radiofrequency is that we can treat that nodule and decrease the need for active surveillance, which is going to be huge, I think, for quality of life and resource management for these kids. You use the uh, the buzzwords there, uh, minimally invasive, which I know we all want for ourselves and definitely our children. So, Doctor, this has been really educational today. Thank you so much for your time, and you stay well. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. The Stanford Children's Health Pediatric Thyroid Center's leading doctors and experts work as a team to diagnose, counsel, and treat children and adolescents up to 18 years old. To learn more, go to thyroid.stanfordchildrens.org. And we hope you found this podcast to be helpful and informative. If you did, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Pete's Talks from Stanford Children's Health. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.